Welcome to the Faculty Circle, Wellness Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Arcady. I'm an assistant professor at California State University of San Bernardino. This podcast was created to provide faculty the space to hear topics that impact our mental wellness. We're all in this together. This circle is a community resource for university faculty. In this informational circle, we will discuss topics that impact us, addressing one of the five domains of wellness, professional, spiritual, physical, psychological, and or emotional. In this sharing circle, we're going to review strategies and techniques that you can use that will ensure and enhance your mental wellness. I will be interviewing various faculty members from different universities and picking their brains on what they found to be helpful and beneficial. In this supportive circle, there is no shaming, blaming, only reframing and motivating you towards wellness. Welcome to the circle. Let's talk. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Faculty Circle Wellness Matters with me, your host, Dr. Nicole L.R. Katy. Come into the circle where there's no shaming, no blaming, only reframing and motivating you towards wellness. Remember, we're all in this together. Welcome to the circle. I'm so excited to have with me a very special guest, Dr. Kendra Flores Carter. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Dr. Kendra. Her resume, her bio is just simply impressive. I I just don't have enough time to even go through all of just reading all of her accolades. Now, Dr. Kendra Flores Carter is a published author. She teaches at California Baptist University. She's a professor of social work and a researcher in the field of social and behavioral sciences. Her focus specifically is on women and children health. She's an advocate for social justice and change and has dedicated her career to bring educational awareness to disparities, equity concerns, and healthcare practices and various other psychological social factors that impact marginalized women and children. She's a former medical social worker with over 10 years of experience providing services to children suffering from trauma related to child abuse and neglect and women experiencing significant life crisis such as intimate partner violence. Dr. Flores served as, as the past and founding president of Postpartum Support International California Chapter She additionally served six years as the co-chair of the Inland Empire Maternal Mental Health Collaborative, and currently she serves on the San Bernardino County Maternal Health Network leadership team that led countywide data collection efforts for the 2021 Consumer Survey. She currently is a member of Arrowhead Regional Medical Center Institutional Review Board, and her current research includes examining health equity, social determinants of health factors, adverse trauma, and reproductive health disparities that impact health outcomes for women, children, and their families. Dr. Flores Carter is recognized both locally, nationally, and internationally as an expert educator in women's health and women's and child health. She has presented her research at various scientific conferences, served on health expert panels, facilitated workshops on mental health and wellness, child abuse prevention, enhancing maternal mental health care in hospitals, cultural humility, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Whoo, that was a lot. I couldn't even get that out. So help me, everyone, as we welcome Dr. Kendra Flores Carter into the circle. Welcome, welcome. Woo! 
Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Arcady. I am really uh, ecstatic to be here. I'm so proud of you for all the work that you're doing. And you know what? Thank goodness for someone like you to bring this, you know, podcast about the experiences of faculty, women in academia. You know, me being a Black woman, I think talking about it is very, very important because it's it's a hard place to be. <laughs> it's no, not no. easy mm-hmm. navigating um, higher education. And and so um, it's really good that you're bringing awareness to, you know, uh, some places and in institute, well, not institution, but, you know, to like a, a field then yeah. that no one really talk much about is mm-hmm. the, the higher education faculty. Mm-hmm. Right. So and, and you're right. No, thank you. You're you're absolutely right. It it, has, it actually is an institution, right? Academic yeah. institution. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes we are forgotten when we're talking about faculty and our wellness and we focus on students, which is important to focus on students. But however, we also need to focus just as much on faculty. And so absolutely. this is what year is this for you? Um at Cal, ba- Cal Baptist? Well, I'm starting, I came here in 2018. So I believe I'm starting my sixth academic. Yeah, I just, my five year just went by. So okay. I believe this is going into my sixth year, my sixth academic year. Yes. Wow. Oh my goodness. And your title there, are you? I am an there- associate professor now, and I'm also the co-director of the uh, SESI Center, which is the com- uh, Center for Community Engagement and Social Innovation. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, Center. Wow. I mean, that's that's a lot. Just looking, just looking at what you're doing, and we're talking about our own mental wellness. What are some things that, if you're looking in hindsight, because now this is your sixth year mm-hmm. that you're entering into, what would you say is something that you wish you would have known um, before when we're talking about? teaching and, you know, maybe not overwhelming yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think I came in, um, you know, what it, like a, a deer in headlights trying to figure <laughs> out, navigate this system. Uh, I was in healthcare, worked at our head regional medical center for t- over 10 years as a social worker. And I did adjunct one year at Cal State San Bernardino, but it still didn't prepare me as much as I wanted it to for a full-time job in academia. So um, it, it really did help me to understand a little bit about higher ed. But once you're in it full time, it's a little bit different. And I think for me, one of the most important pieces was for me to understand just how independent you are mm. in figuring out a lot of the different dynamics of your classes that you're teaching. Um, I, you know, was figuring out syllabus, classes, week by week, you know, we have semester. So that's a, well, anywhere between 14 to 16 weeks within mm-hmm. a semester that you have to figure out each lesson plan for each week, right? We do have textbooks and everything, but, you know, it's reading all of those textbooks, preparing your lessons. And on top of that, you you have to do your scholarship and Mm -hmm. research as well as your service. So I think knowing all of those things up front and knowing a little bit about, you know, the different dynamics of it, um, you know, the complexities of all Mm -hmm. of those things would definitely have been uh, helpful for me. Um, Yeah, so 
No, I mean, you brought up some very good points and I, and I was just writing down some of the things you said is not realizing how independent you would yeah. have to be with figuring out the dynamics of teaching, scholarship, mm-hmm. um, what is it, service, right? And so someone once told me, think of yourself as an independent contractor. <laughs> and it's like, you're learning, you know, you have to figure it out. You're here. You really don't have anyone necessarily that's guiding you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can be very challenging. Just what you're talking about, even preparing yeah. your lessons. If yeah. you've never taught the class before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny because I came into a program that was fairly, you know, just developing in this developing stages. And we had all of the pieces like the curriculum course, coordinator. Um, We had our, you know, program director and they gave us some guidance, but it's like, okay, these are the classes you have to figure out. And then there was no one who taught the class before. So it was like, okay, this is a new class, (laughs) you know, set it all up. And, you know, I think, I thank God for having the curriculum coordinator because she was able to at least give us some guidance as far, okay, this is the class, this is the syllabus, and you, you know, build it out and, you know, put it on your Blackboard, which was very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. But that week to week, okay, you got to figure out, you know, which which content you're going to teach on, which PowerPoint you're going to uh, create in, you know, lesson plan and all of that was definitely um interesting. And for me, coming from uh, the county of San Bernardino, where you have a supervisor, you have these weekly check-ins where they're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what's going on. And this is our problem patient. Like you have that um, guidance that's okay. You're going to, you know, and I'm on a set unit that I'm working on. And I, you know, I know the ins and out of that, but you know, I didn't know the ins and out of academia. Mm. And so I think having that guidance would have been really, really helpful. Um, but yeah, you know, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you bring like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> right. No, and that you bring up a very good point because you are a scholar practitioner. So you worked in the field of study yeah. of what you're actually in academia doing. And yeah. so it is very different because I also am a scholar practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so it is very different when you work in the field and then you come into academia because you're Expecting, well, I can just say for me, I was used to having, you know, guidelines, rules, things set up that I knew and, you know, to, to yes. work within a certain box that I had to stay in, but I, I knew who to go to and things were set up. And in academia, it's like, well, who, who's over this? How does this work? Where do I find out? Do you guys even have a list that I can figure out who I need to contact? Like, just yeah. I mean, know. it was simple things like, okay, I go to the classroom and there's technology issues. Mm. Like, okay, figure it out. <laughs> you know, I remember like my very one of my very first classes that I taught was I think it was a capstone class, and I mean that class I, I, I survived, but it was just really it was tough because I was in a location where every single time I needed to call IT to be able to figure out like how to get the PowerPoint up on the system. Mm. And then when you do, then the volume probably wasn't working right. And then how do you figure out how to make sure that the students can hear the videos you're trying to share? So all of those things can be a source of frustration for new mm-hmm. faculty, I think. Um, now I'm, I'm six years in, like I'm able to navigate that and figure out other ways of, okay, we have to pivot. But I think when you're new, like you don't, you're just trying to figure it out. You don't have no <laughs> other option to pivot. So it's like, whoa, what do I do? And so 
staring at my students. They're staring at me. We're waiting for the IT guy to come in <laughs> our first class. And I'm just like, okay, we're just going to wait for them to get here. But then that become a source of frustration for your students because you're like, well, we're here to learn, right? And so, mm-hmm. and then that affects like your overall evaluation. And we know how important those things are when it comes mm-hmm. to um, teaching. So, yeah. That can be challenging, just like you're saying. That first year, you said I survived, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and and I'm just thinking about as we're going into the new academic year, and now this is year six for you. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you, now with having all of those other years that you've prepared and you have the experience underneath your belt? Mm-hmm. What are some things that you think are important for faculty to be aware of? So when they're entering in the new school year, academic year, so that they're not overwhelmed or their mental health is not negatively impacted. Of course, I think, you know, we have like maybe uh, two or three weeks before students actually do get on campus. So I encourage new faculty that are coming in or, if you know, anyone who haven't just get organized. Mm. First thing to do is really maybe reaching out to people who have taught the class before Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting an idea of what the course is about. um, And figuring out how to navigate that. Okay, you know, well, this is what the um, overall, you know, objective of the course is, you know, write those things out, you know, understand what they are, plan your lesson plan according to those objectives, because that's what you're going to be evaluated on is did the student learn what you said you're going to teach them? And I think I didn't make that connection my first year. Mm -hmm. I didn't. And so I was just going, trying to figure that out. But I think it would have been helpful if someone would have told me, okay, this is why the objectives of on this syllabus is really important because in the end you will be evaluated on these things. Right. And so we want to make sure the students learn these most important content areas, because that's what, um, you know, is the most most that's the most important takeaways from the course. And so I think doing that, preparing yourself, knowing what your class objectives are, Mm -hmm. preparing lessons that are going to meet those objectives. And I think over the years, I've learned how to do that. And I'm not an expert at it, but I feel through professionally developing myself. I mean, I was going to webinars on flip classrooms mm-hmm. and, you know, student engagement and, mm-hmm. and help to really develop my craft as far as teaching. And, and so um, it's definitely encouraging if you're coming in, you know, take some time. I know it's a lot of maybe a little bit of extra but it will help you in the long run because I can only say that I've seen my evaluation improve because I have invested in teaching and learning mm-hmm. how to do it better because it's a big part and it's very much connected to even your portfolio, your faculty portfolio, right? You know, so mm-hmm. you want to know how to teach in the classroom and you want students to learn. You gave some great strategies and and I wrote them down. Um, One of the things that you said that's so pivotal. And just when you said it, I'm like, that's, you're right. Like that's important. And I didn't make the connection either is the course objectives. We have our syllabi or our syllabus, however you want to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and it has the course objectives or the learning objectives. Mm -hmm. But how often do you really pay attention to, especially if you're just now creating it or if you got the syllabus from someone else and you're just trying to hurry up and get it together because classes are about to start. And so making that connection of, I need to make sure when I'm planning out my Mm -hmm. lesson, that it's addressing these core elements, right? Making yeah. sure we said the students will gain and learn mm-hmm. because that's a big thing. Like, and I don't think anyone actually ever taught me that or, or sat yeah. me down and yeah. said, hey, this is important. This is what the students need to make sure they're getting out of your class. So I, I think, I mean, that's that's great information. That you yeah, yeah. And it's easy as just, you know, you have several, maybe, you know, a few weeks you cover this learning objectives. The next couple of weeks you cover the other one. Right. And so you you just say, OK, this week, this, these are the objectives that I'm covering and, you know, and so on and so forth. And that's how um, we've designed it or the curriculum coordinator for us here. Um, have designed it is that, okay, these are the weeks you're going to be covering this learning objective. These are the weeks you're going to be covering the other ones. So, and it's been helpful because it helps you to stay on track. So again, organization is so important and you really want it to be able to standardize your class and teach Mm -hmm. it in a way where if, if you're absent one day and you need someone to come in and teach for you, like everything is laid out and they would be able to just take it over because you've designed it to a point where it's not disorganized and they're coming in, okay, this is what you have laid out for the week. This is how I'm coming in to teach it, right? And so I think that's how I start to think now as a professor is, okay, Um, If someone comes in to teach my class, will they be able to do it? And I think that's one of the tips that I can give uh, to really help you stay on point and stay organized. That's awesome. I like that. So, I mean, that that's a great way of having it in the back of your head and the back of your mind. If something were to happen, I need someone to step in. Can they do that with what Mm -hmm. I have now? And so exactly. Some of the things I wrote down that you mentioned, some strategies and, and tips for faculty to be aware of when we're talking about starting the new academic year is one, you said get organized, mm-hmm. making sure you're getting organized and planning out what your semester is going to look like. Two, you mentioned reaching out to your supports. So mm-hmm. that could be people who've previously taught the course, mm-hmm. asking them, you know, what are some takeaways or what are some some things that you, they should be made, you should be made aware of or you can enhance or other types of supports that if you need supports with, you know, your e- electronic devices or online or whatever the case may be. The third one you said was just creating that lesson plan. So planning out accordingly, looking at those course objectives of what you want to have in your in your class. And then another one you said, and I thought this was very important, so I highlighted it, is invest in your teaching so that you can do the best and, and you can get the best and your students can get the best out of it. And investing in teaching can be developing yourself professionally. Like you mentioned, going to some courses like in California, we have the Lilly conference and that's been very helpful. And that's yeah. to help with innovative teaching and showing yeah. you strategies. And But then taking those strategies and then applying them in the classroom is also important. Absolutely. Right? Or in, in the coursework that you're doing and helping you. You said staying on track is very important as well. And how people are able to do that with staying on track is by being organized and so if you don't if you're not an organized person there are resources that are available to help faculty learn how to become more organized 
Absolutely. Um, I, I actually went to the Lily con uh, conference and I actually went when I worked at Costa San Bernardino because oh, Dr. Okay. Dr. Lori Smith sent me. Yes. And I, really appreciate, mm -hmm. I appreciated going to, to that conference because I mm -hmm. sure did learn a lot um, from going there. So yes, uh, going to professionally professional develop conferences is very, is one of the key ways. Um, and I think you know, one of the most important thing uh, as a faculty member is making sure our students learn. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're not organized, the students don't learn, you know, as well as we'd like them to learn. And, you know, again, over the years, it's, it's, it's my overall development where I am in the class and my Blackboard is really, you know, I try to make it as organized as I can. You know, if I have videos, videos will have their own section. If I have articles, articles will have their own section. Mm -hmm. You know, um, announcement goes in announcements. You know, I'm not having stuff all over mm -hmm. and my students are having to click everywhere to figure it out. You know, assignments are in your assignment tab. You know, um, weekly content, you have a weekly material folder, label them week one, week two, week three, so that they know mm -hmm. each week this is what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, you can even put the dates, you yeah, know. I, I found that to be most yeah. helpful is yeah. I put the dates on my weeks yeah. because that helps because some students are, which week are we in? And so I mm -hmm. found right over the yeah. years what yeah. what what was helpful to my students and to myself because yeah. when I'm more organized and my class is more organized and things are presented well, it helps my mental wellness. Exactly. I feel better. I'm not struggling and all over the place like a chicken with my head cut off. Or I'm not feeling like I didn't do a good enough job to help my students learn. And mm -hmm. that can impact us mentally as faculty. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, whenever I leave my classroom, like I know when I leave my classroom and there are moments where I'm like, yeah, I that wasn't that wasn't a great class today. Mm -hmm. Or man, this class was awesome. You know, your students, they leave happy. They feel like they've learned. And you you've been able to engage the class for the entire period of time. I yeah. mean, I teach three hour classes. So <laughs> engaging them is so important, right? And so organizing, I am not gonna sit up in my class and do a whole hour and a half lecture. That's mm. not going to happen, mm -hmm. right? So it's organizing your lecture, you know, breaking it up, putting some activities in there, some, some student engagement activities in there, you know, making it interactive. And students love that. And, you know, I think in the very beginning of my teaching, I would be teaching and I would lecture for an entire hour. Wow. Okay. But I don't do that anymore. And I found that it was so much more effective because there's other ways that students can learn the material. They don't have to learn it through a lecture, right? They can yeah. learn it with an engagement activity, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then, so every single one of my classes, there is some sort of engagement. We call them skills demonstration. Mm. And we make that very, very interactive, right? And so students engage and they give feedback and they find that very, you know, and, you know, very, they're very invested in those skills mm -hmm. because they want to know, okay, we know what uh, we're supposed to be doing and we get it, you know, um, a lot of practical applications um, is important and you can make those fun, right? I love what you just said. I'm actually going to use that term. I wrote it down, skills demonstration. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're doing act engagement, yeah. 
activities. And I love that. There's a book. Uh, and when we're talking about things that you can do to prepare yourself, one of the things that I did and I found helpful prior to me starting my tenured position was in the summer, I ordered different types of books on teaching mm -hmm. and what can I do? And I had already been an adjunct professor for about eight years, but I wanted to still know, I knew it was a different game when you come in and you're full-time faculty, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the books was called Teaching College, The Ultimate Guide to Lecturing, Presenting, and Engaging Students by Norman Ng. Mm -hmm. And something he said is what you were just talking about. And I've employed this in my classrooms. And I use the you, y'all, we approach. And so it's more where the instructors act as a guide. Mm -hmm. The teacher presents the dilemma or situation for the students. And then the students individually address what that issue is. And it allows them to think first without having peer influence. Mm -hmm. And then they work together in their pairs or groups to come up with a solution or explanation about whatever the problem was. And then the y'all approach is finally the teacher comes back, brings the class back together and talk about what we have learned. And so I found that to be very helpful um, with seeing how the students individually, because, you know, you have some students that may be more quiet. Um, they may let other students talk more and not really contribute as much. And so I found that to be helpful in being able to have the students individually identify what they are gaining from. I usually would do like a case vignette or something. Mm -hmm. They put them together as a pair or group, and then we discuss it. So that part they found to be really helpful with that activity. But I love what you said, skills demonstration. How can they demonstrate that they've learned whatever it is, that you're, the material that you're trying, the content you're teaching? Exactly. I think that's important. And when they feel like they've kind of mastered it or learned it, they they're so much more satisfied, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's one of the things that we have to kind of take seriously is the fact that students, they're paying a lot of money to come to school. And so yes. if we are not investing in really teaching them, then maybe <laughs> we don't need to be in that space, right? <laughs> so, um, I have you know, I, I, I've seen myself develop, like, you know, this is where I really want to be. I really want to grow more. I want to learn more. And I really, I like the fact that students come to me and say, Dr. Forrest Carter, I learned so mm -hmm. much from you. I think that's the reward, right? It's like, yeah. you know, that you have students that are really grateful because yeah. they know they walked away from your class with new gain knowledge that they didn't yes. before, right? Yes. That's the best feeling when you have a student that says, I learned from your class or this, I was able to take something we talked about yes. or you demonstrated and I was able to apply it, right? So that is the best reward yeah. um, that you can get as, as an instructor. So mm -hmm. I, this has been really great information on the some strategies that faculty can use when they are preparing for this upcoming academic school year to ensure their own mental health and own mental wellness. Yes, um, yes. I guess the last question that I will ask you is what is something that you have found to be helpful to you in far, as far as maintaining your mental wellness throughout the academic year? Is there any one thing you do or, you know, or, or maybe a couple of things, but just something that you found to be helpful for you to maintain your mental wellness? Absolutely. I think for me, uh, getting sleep is important. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I never used to take naps, but now if I'm like tired during the day, I'll take a nap. Like mm -hmm. I know because I'm like, you know what? 
I'm tired. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Maybe. And, and it's like you take that 20 minute nap, you wake up, you feel a lot better. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling it, don't force yourself, you know, take that nap. I've started recently exercising, even if it's a walk, a nature walk. I do a lot of nature walk and I meditate um, and just give gratitude. I think that's one of the things that I feel um, have definitely changed my outlook is, is being grateful for the things that I take for granted a lot of the times, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and also just being Christ centered. I think that, you know, me being a, a Christian really helped to, to guide, you know, my path and praying, you know, that's another thing. And, um, when I'm overly, overly stressed out, like I will literally turn on like my, Christian meditation and just be still mm-hmm. and just listen to the word of God. And that really helps me to feel renewed. And I think that that's one of the things that I, one of the main things that I do that most people probably don't know about me is that whenever I become like significantly overwhelmed, I go to my Christian mindfulness and it helps mm-hmm. me to really feel like rejuvenated. Um, and I will sit in that for a good 30 minutes to just breathe and listen to the word and just, you know, renew myself because sometimes you get in those spaces, you know, really, Oh, this is too much. And you feel like you want to pop, but those are the moments and you don't want to get to that space. So you make sure that you, you do self care. Right. And I think, Sleeping is definitely needed for a lot of us because sometimes my students are like, Dr. Flores Carter, we emailed you at 2.30 and you sent an email back to us at (laughs) 2.32. Why are you up this late, Professor? Uh So I'm like, you know, I I, I really have to watch that, you know, but it's easy to kind of let that self-care slip away from you. But you really have to reel yourself back in. And if you're not, well, you're not going to be able to really produce, you know, goodness. Yes. And so it's important to, um, I just finished a cohort, um, a doctoral cohort, and they just graduated today. And I'm so proud of them. But they gave me a self-care journal. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> they Aww. gave me a self-care journal as a gift. And they're like, Dr. Flores Carter, we want you to relax and just write in these. It's a seven-day, like, um, it's a whole four week uh, journal mm-hmm. they made for me. They personally, oh, wow. and so like you know, each of them you know gave me like a a little quote, and um, they gave me seven days of you know you need to journal for seven days, and I was just like, this is so sweet, and I will do Aww. it. I will do it, you know. And so um, I think journaling also is helpful. So mm-hmm. writing down your thoughts and. Um, and doing the things you love. I think a lot of the things that I've chosen to do now moving forward, mm-hmm. things that I enjoy doing. And that's also helpful. And, you know, I'm a mom. So supporting my children and being there for them is mm-hmm. always like my priority. And so, you know, uh, my husband, you know, my kids. And there are times where we just get together and enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. family night. You know, all of those things is important to yourself. You know, yes. don't don't get too wrapped up in academia that you forget 
to have that interpersonal relationship and that intimate relationship with your family. Mm. My mother always tells me that family is strength. And so I believe that. So, mm. No, I mean, I, I wrote all this out. I'm going to summarize <laughs> what, <laughs> what I heard you say. I mean, the big thing, the takeaway that I got was it's important for faculty to develop a healthy self-care regimen mm -hmm. and they can determine what that is. But a big part of what you mentioned was don't neglect those interpersonal relationships mm -hmm. that you have friends, family members, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just an academic faculty member, right? You're a whole human being. And so getting sleep, adequate amounts of sleep is very important. I, I too am a napper. I tell people <laughs> naps are delicious. I take, I take naps. And if I do not take my nap, you will know because <laughs> I'm not the same person. Yeah. Making sure that they're staying active, you know, whether that's walking in nature, whatever kind of exercise they may be doing, mm -hmm. making sure they're maintaining act, have a physically active life is going to definitely help with their mental health giving gratitude, focusing on the things that you have to be thankful for, mm -hmm. right? That that gratitude is that thankfulness, gratefulness kind of thing. And that helps as well for you also utilizing your spirituality because you're mm -hmm. Christ center. And so tapping into that really helps you when you become highly overwhelmed and utilizing mindfulness has been very helpful. Yeah. So with all of these, I wrote down the importance of personal uh, boundaries. Mm -hmm. So having our own personal boundaries with yeah. ourselves are going to be important so we can maintain, right? Having these limits. So knowing, okay, I'm not going to be up till two, three in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, responding to emails and, and doing Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to practice that this year for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I, I had, I fell into that trap when yeah. I was an adjunct because, you know, when you're an adjunct, you have a full-time job and then you teach on the side. Yeah. And so I did all of my work, you know, after my regular full-time job. And so I, I was in the habit of grading at night, you know, sending emails at night and doing all of that. And so when I became full-time faculty, I had to really retrain my brain and say, no, Nicole, you're not going to be responding to things at one and two in the morning. You need to actually go to sleep. Yes. I am a night owl. So I do realize that. But yeah. one thing I found to be helpful so that I can also set boundaries with, with faculty and other staff and other students was, if I, if I am up and I'm responding to an email, I schedule it. So it doesn't respond at that time. It's I schedule it for the next morning at 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So kind of if I'm up and I'm just doing something. But mm -hmm. really looking at creating a healthy self-care regimen for yourself is going to be very helpful for faculty to maintain their sanity, you know, to help them overall. And so they can be successful in the job that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's important. Take care of yourself first, you know. Yes, we you matter to too. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, I mean, I just think just being a woman in general in higher ed is stressful. <laughs> so yes. it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta have some outlet because, you know, <laughs> we don't see a lot of us in these yeah. spaces. Yeah. I mean, you've added that there's two components, being a woman and a woman of color, right? Yeah, so they have their own, their own added stressors. And so yes. thank you so much, Dr. Kendra Flores Carter, for coming into the circle, for sharing with us some great strategies and some knowledge on how to assist faculty members in maintaining their wellness as they're going into the new academic year. So is there any other thing you'd like to say before we end? No, I mean, just, you know, um, thank you for having me, uh, Dr. Arcadia. I really appreciate it. And, you know, if you guys have questions, 
comments. You can always reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Kendra Flores Carter, and I'm also on LinkedIn at Dr. Kendra Flores Carter. All so, right. And thank you. Is there an email? Do you want to leave it? They can just contact you on your social tags. Uh, my email, kflores-carter at kylebaptist.edu. So All righty. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You have all heard Dr. Kendra Flores Carter as she has definitely delivered and provided some information to us. So welcome, welcome. Thanks again for spending time in the circle. We're all in this together. Remember that your, your wellness matters too. This has been Dr. Nicole L. Arcady, your mental wellness fellow. And I hope that you take some time today, this week, to do something enjoyable. As Dr. Kendra said, do something enjoyable outside of academia, something that just makes you laugh. Maybe it's your belly laughter, something that's just going to bring a smile and joy to your heart because your wellness is so very important. I hope to catch you soon. Remember, you can catch this podcast. It airs every first and third Monday of the month. Take care, everyone. You matter too, so take care of you.